what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. You got to go to that living fountain every day and drink of the Word of God. Spend that time alone with Jesus Christ and pray to Him and seek His face and ask Him to fill you with His Spirit because if you don't, you will spiritually dehydrate and you will not be the Christian that God wants you to be. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me, please, to Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20. And we're going to pick it up in verse 7 again today. Numbers chapter 20, verse 7. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod. And gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give to the congregation and their beast drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord, as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, and said, Because you believe me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. On the outset, a cursory reading of this verse, or this particular portion of Scripture, one would come away with the idea that God was a little bit harsh on Moses for no more than he did. The punishment does not fit the crime. But as we dig into this a little bit this morning and we begin to understand the situation, I think we'll understand the great sin of Moses and why God did what he did. And God help us to not commit the same sin that Moses did those many, many long years ago. The great sin of Moses. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father. Lord, I come before your throne of grace today, and we thank you for all of your many blessings of life and life itself. Lord, I thank you for every person that is under the sound of my voice right now, whomever they may be, wherever they may be today. And Lord, I ask this morning for the anointing of your Spirit to rest upon me. Lord, help me to rightly divide this word of truth. Help me, Lord, to bring forth this word today in a way that, Lord, people will not get offended, Lord, but they will hear and understand your word and be drawn closer to you, Lord, is my prayer today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. 
When I was 15 years old, the Lord blessed me with a job at WLLY 1350 AM radio station out of Wilson, North Carolina. I was 15 years of age at that time, and they taught me the ropes and doing commercials, spinning the records, and so forth. At that time, I only had a driver's permit, and my mama would take me down there to work every day after school, and I would stay there till closing time and shut down the station and so forth. But when I turned 16, Mama and Daddy, along with my grandmother, they all joined in together and they bought me my first car. It wasn't new, but it, it was a used car. It was a 1985 Chevrolet Camaro. had a 4.3 liter V6 engine in it. It didn't have um, a whole lot of power. But how many of you know a young teenage boy just starting to drive don't need a whole lot of power? Amen. Amen. Mom and daddy were wise, but the car was right. Now, the car was nice, didn't have no problem with it, but it only had an AM, FM radio player in it. It didn't have a cassette player. And I had accumulated quite a large number of gospel cassettes, gospel music, was my thing, and the Lord dealt with me about the music I was listening to very early on, right after I was saved, when I was 12 years old. And a couple of church members in the church I was attending at that time gave me some cassettes, and, uh, and I had a desire to hear preaching of the gospel, and I had a desire to hear gospel music, and I had a bunch of tapes, and I wanted to listen to those tapes while I was going down the road. And one of the first scriptures that I memorized as a kid was Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Another scripture that I learned as a kid was John 15.7. And that scripture says that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. Mom and daddy wouldn't buy me a, a radio with a cassette player to go in the car. Didn't have the money. So I went to the Lord in prayer and I said, Lord, I really would love to have me one of them cassette players so I can listen to this music that you've given me to listen to. And Lord, if you'll bless me with one, if you'll make a way for me to buy this thing and have it installed, because I didn't know nothing about installing a radio in a car, knew nothing about it. And Lord, if you'll make a way for this to happen, Lord, I'll only use it for your glory. I'll only play gospel music in it. And I made that promise to God. I don't know exactly what year it was, but it was during that time Pepsi-Cola Company uh, signed a contract with NASCAR that particular year, and they had a contest going on. And the objective was to accumulate all the letters that spelled NASCAR. Pepsi put the little number, the letter, in the bottom of the bottle cap. Any of y'all remember that? 
back years ago, they, they put a number in the bottom of the bottle cap or they would print it somehow or another in the bottom of the can. And every time I got through drinking one, I'd look in the bottom of that can to see what letter was in there. And you tried to spell out the word NASCAR. And if you spelled out the word NASCAR, then you could get a $1,000. They also had another little thing. If you could find the letters NR1, then that was worth $100. In less than a week's time after seeking God for that radio to put in my car, I found two bottle caps with the letters NR1 written in the bottom of it. God will provide. I said, God will provide. I went right down there to the stereo place with my own money. And had that man to put me in a Pioneer AM FM radio with cassette. And brother, I was styling. And I was listening to Gold City. And I was listening to Heaven Bound. And I was listening to Janet Paschal. And I was listening to John Starnes and Jimmy Swaggart. And, and all those good gospel singers of the past. And I was praising and worshiping God. See, when a lot of the kids my age back then were listening to Beastie Boys and Def Leppard and all that other stuff, I was listening to Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That's what I was raised on, ladies and gentlemen. And that was God's doing. God put that desire in my heart. And I thank Him for it. And I've seen God provide many things down through the years in my life. I could stand here all day and tell you story after story how God has provided for me and my family. But God's always provided for His people. And He provided for the children of Israel when they, when they believed an evil report and they didn't believe what God said. They believed what... Ten spies came back after they went into the promised land. They came back and gave an evil report and said, We can't go up and take the, take the land. There's giants over there and there's this over there, over there and CNN is over there and NBC is over there and the Democrats is over there. and We just can't go up and, and deal with them folks. They're stronger than we are. And but Joshua and Caleb said, Well, we were able to go up and take the country. We can do it. But the people got all unsettled and got in an uproar and they didn't believe God. And because of that, God made them wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. But God looked after them, took care of them. He provided a pillar of cloud by day to keep them cool. A pillar of fire by night to keep them warm. That part of the world is infested with poisonous snakes. God provided the angels to clear the path so nobody got bitten. He provided manna from heaven to feed three million people daily, except for on the Sabbath day. He allowed twice as much to fall on the day before the Sabbath, and they were to go out and gather twice as much. God provided for his people. And he'll provide for you and I today. And he provided water when there was no water. Julie, if you will, pull it up on the screen. Exodus 17, verse 1. The children of Israel, they came to a place called Rephidim. And the Bible says there was no water there. And they began to chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. 
And Moses went before the Lord and prayed about that situation. And, and before I go any further, let's stop right there and let me say this. Whatever situation it is that you're going through, prayer is the answer. Take it to the Lord in prayer and seek His face and ask Him to deal with the situation. He'll do it. Now, it might not be the answer you want. And it might sound a little foolish to you. But if you'll seek his face and do what he tells you to do, you'll find it always works out like it's supposed to. And here's what God said, Exodus 17, verse 5. The Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thine hand, and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb. And thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. The Apostle Paul told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 that that rock was Christ. When Moses took that rod in his hand and smote the rock, it was a type of Jesus Christ being smitten on Calvary's cross for the sins of all mankind. And when Moses smote that rock, the water literally gushed out of that thing, creating a river. That is what Jesus had in mind when he said, John chapter 7, Julie, if you will, pull that up on the screen. And verse 37, If any man thirst... Let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit. And let me tell you something today. There's plenty of Holy Ghost water to go around. I said there's plenty of Holy Ghost water to go around. I don't care if you're in the parking lot. I don't care if you're in this service. I don't care if you're in Pennsylvania listening to me today or wherever you may be in North Carolina or wherever in the world you may be listening to this radio program today. There is enough Holy Ghost power to go around. And you can have as much of the Holy Ghost as you want. But let me say this. The water I had yesterday... Won't satisfy the thirst of today. Did you hear what I said? Let me say it again. The water that I drank yesterday will not suffice the thirst that you have today. You've got to go to that rock, and that rock is Jesus Christ. You've got to go to that living fountain every day and drink of the Word of God. Spend that time alone with Jesus Christ and pray to Him and seek His face and ask Him to fill you with His Spirit because if you don't, you will spiritually dehydrate and you will not be the Christian that God wants you to be. But I want you to notice this too now. 1 Corinthians 10, 4. Julie, go back to that verse if you can. Look up there on the screen. It says that spiritual rock followed them. Now I want you to get this picture in your mind, if you will. The children of Israel, 
The angels have gone before them to clear the path. All the way around. They got God overhead in the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And now they got that rock, Jesus Christ, taking up the rear following them. God's people were wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Glory to God. Are you wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus today? Glory to God. Oh, let me say this too. This happened under the Old Testament. How much more has God got us covered and surrounded today under the New Testament? That's built on better promises, Paul said. Now, God did allow some bad things to happen. And He allows bad things to happen to us from time to time. But every time God allows something bad to happen, ladies and gentlemen, understand this, it's for your own good. Whatever God allows to happen to you is ultimately going to be for something good. Well, you say, well, Brother James, that, that report I got from the doctor this week ain't been good. Well, praise God anyhow. Because if it's going to take you out, you're going to heaven because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's something to praise God for. He's got something good for you. 38 years later, after that water came out of the rock, incidentally, from the time that the 12 spies came back with their account of the promised land and the children of Israel choose to believe an evil report, that's the problem in our country right now. Too many people are choosing to believe an evil report that's coming over CNN, NBC. You, are you hearing me? These news, liberal news networks. There is nothing recorded from that time, from the time Israel chose to believe an evil report, from then up until this point here, there's no record of anything that happened with Israel. God didn't record anything during that 38 period time why is that because unbelief accomplishes nothing for god are you hearing me unbelief accomplishes nothing for god how many people under the sound of my voice right now you have accomplished nothing in in the kingdom of god because of your unbelief how many years have been wasted because of unbelief 38 years and the children of Israel are now at a place called Zin, the desert of Zin. And the people abode in Kadesh, Numbers chapter 20, verses 1 and 2, Julie. The Bible tells us that at this particular place, Miriam, Moses' sister, passed away. There's a whole lot that can be said there, but I'm running out of time. She died there and was buried. And there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves against Moses and against Aaron. And Brother James, I thought you said that rock followed them. And as that rock followed them, the water was supplied for the people to drink. But here in this particular episode, there was no water. 
why did God hold back the water in this particular episode? And could it be that the lack of water contributed to Miriam's death? Is it possible? The Bible doesn't tell us, but I'm sure that whatever the situation was that Miriam was going through, the lack of water wasn't helping the situation. And I'm being clumsy and getting to my point, but bear with me if you will. Lord, help me here. But there's a lot of churches today that are dying and are greatly troubled today due to a lack of the moving of the Holy Spirit in the church. And you say, well, well, the Lord's holding that back. There's a reason why the Lord's holding back. You see, the reason the Lord is holding back in churches today is because the cross of Christ is not being preached and taught like it ought to be. Other things are being pushed and promoted, and other agendas are being... See, see the Bible tells us in Romans 8 and verse 2, and Julie, I know you can't pull it up, because of... I said, I didn't even know I was going there. See, that's the thing when I'm preaching, I never know where I'm going. Some Sundays I might just go right on out the door here and talk to folks. How y'all doing this morning? (laughs) I just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. But Romans 8 and 2 tells us that the way the Holy Spirit works is through and by the preaching of the cross. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And the law of the Spirit of life, the way the Holy Spirit works, in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Look those scriptures up if you will. That's the way the Holy Spirit works. It only works through and by the cross of Christ, and that message being preached and taught to the people, then the Holy Spirit can move and work, but only as you allow Him to, and, and only as much as you will allow Him to. See, if you only want a little sip, then only a little sip's all you're going to get. But if you want a whole lot, the Lord's got plenty for you. He's got gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons of Holy Ghost for you if you want it. And the reason a lot of our churches today are drying up and dying is due to a lack of the moving of the Holy Spirit in those churches. We don't know why Miriam died. It was just her time to go. Oh, well, let me meddle right here for just a little bit. We got people, their nerves just tore all to pieces over this coronavirus thing. They're wanting to shut churches down, and they're wanting to shut this down, they want to shut that down, they don't want to go to the store, they don't want to do this. Their, their nerves is just tore all to pieces because of this coronavirus thing. And maybe they work in a job and they see more things than I see. And maybe... Their sense of awareness is a little higher than what mine is. But for me, I'm not worried about no coronavirus. It does not bother me one bit. Now, I realize there are some who have concerns because of your age and because of other things. I'm not, I'm not here to condemn anybody. You do what you feel is right for you. But I'm not scared of any coronavirus. 
I'm not scared of any cancer. I'm not scared of anybody walking in that door right now with a gun and, and shooting me in front of you. I, I'm not scared of, of death. Why? Because I'm going to go when God says it's time for me to go. And it was time for Miriam to go. Whether it was due to a lack of water or whether it was an Old Testament version of coronavirus. I don't know. It was her time to go and they buried her and they had a service but they want no water. And they come complaining to Moses, why ain't we got water? Now I want you to look what Moses did. Numbers chapter 20, verse 6. Oh, this is good. Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. They got away from the situation at hand, and they went to the house of God. Are you listening to me? And that is your answer. Whatever the situation is that you're going through, your answer is to go before the Lord. If you'll seek His face as Moses did, and just stay right there. See, I also got a little church of God in my background. And some of them old-timers in that church of God church there were times when things was going on, and they, they, they had a saying, we're going to pray through over this situation. And I remember some Sunday nights, some of them elders in that church would bring a chair up to the altar, and they would sit right there until they prayed through to God, and they got a release in their soul over whatever that situation was. And they didn't go home until they got a release in their soul, and they got a touch of God. And this is what Moses and Aaron did. They went before the Lord, and they saw his face, and the Bible says the glory of the Lord fell in that place. Hallelujah. That's what we need in our churches today. We need people on their face before God until the glory of God falls in the church again. That's what we need today. Moses sought God until he got an answer. And this is what God told him to do. Numbers 20, verse 7. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together. Speak unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. Now, the first time this happened, God told Moses to smite the rock. That was a type of Jesus Christ being smitten on the cross. He, he died once. He died once. And once was enough. Now in this particular situation, God told Moses to speak to the rock. But see, in the mind of Moses, that didn't make sense. That was foolishness. You see, the Bible says that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to those of us that are saved, it is the power of God. But Moses is, Lord, let me get this straight now. You want me to stand up before all of Israel and talk to a rock. Lord, do you realize how stupid I'm going to look in front of all them folk? 
It made no sense to Moses. However, smiting the rock again made a little bit more sense. And the great sin of Moses was unbelief in what God said. Unbelief. The same sin that caused Israel to have to wander around in that wilderness for 40 years was the same sin that Moses committed here. And guess what? He had to pay the same price that the children of Israel had to pay. The Lord said, if you look there in verse 12, Numbers 20, verse 12, the Lord said, you believed me not. Moses could not believe that smiting a rock 38 years earlier could affect the current situation. Let me say that again. Moses found it hard to believe that smiting a rock 38 years earlier could affect the current situation that he was in. He felt like something else was needed. And that is the exact same thing as saying that what Jesus did on Calvary was not enough and that something else is needed. Look at what Moses said. Julie, if you will, back up to verse 10, Numbers 20, verse 10. Moses said, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? Such a statement places Moses in the position of doing whatever else was needed, which in the mind of Moses was smiting that rock again. It took the attention away from God and put the attention on Moses. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? God said in verse 12, You believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Like I said, his punishment would be the same as it was for all of Israel. Because the sin was the same. Unbelief. He found it hard to believe that smiting a rock 38 years earlier could affect the current situation that he was in. Another thing that happened here, Moses allowed his emotions to get in the way. He got angry with the people because of what was going on. And if you and I had been in a similar situation, we probably would have gotten angry too. But we have to be careful, ladies and gentlemen, when we're sharing the gospel with others. If we're not careful, we can allow current situations, whatever situations there may be, we can allow those situations to hinder the spread of the gospel because we're emotionally tied up in a situation. Am, am I making any sense to you? You see, when you're witnessing to someone, someone may come up and ask you, what do you think about this situation? What do you think about so-and-so? And that's where you need to come back and say, my Lord is coming back to earth again. I said, my Lord is coming back to earth again. 
Satan will be bound a thousand years, and I'll have no tempter then. After Jesus shall come back to earth again. Jesus is coming back. I said, Jesus is coming back. He said, when you see these things, look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. And people are going to try to pull you out and get you to talk about racism. And they're going to get you to try to talk about coronavirus and all these other things going on. Don't get sucked into that trap and let your emotions get all involved in that. Point them to Jesus. Point them to the gospel. Point them to the only one who can change their situation. Don't get emotionally tied up in things like that. Moses allowed his emotions to get in the way, and it cost him. I watched a little bit of the funeral last week of George Floyd. The preacher that preached the funeral... Millions and millions of people were watching by television literally all over the world. As this thing has gained worldwide attention. God gave this man a platform to preach the gospel. To give forth the answer to racism. What is that answer? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I said, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That right there is the answer to the racism problem in our nation. Because when you come to Jesus Christ at the foot of the cross, there is no Jew nor Gentile, bond or free, but we're all one in Christ Jesus. When you're a Christian, there's only one race. And Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forth to the things which are before. I'm reaching forth to the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That is the race that we all need to be interested in. Not the white race, black race, or any other race, but the race that God has set before us. Are you listening to me? This man had a perfect opportunity to preach to the world forgiveness. Forgiveness. Which this whole thing right now with all of these riots going on and they keep going into cities and tearing up stuff and, and, and just on and on and on it goes. It's an issue of unforgiveness. And that man had the opportunity to stand before millions of people and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to tell them people what Jesus said, if you don't forgive, then I won't forgive. You put it in the hands of God and you let God deal with it. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. That's what the Bible says. But this man chose to take matters into his own hands and he used his platform to promote another agenda, social justice. The same sin as Moses. Why? He did not believe that what Jesus did on the cross could affect the current situation. It's the same sin when a preacher stands up behind the pulpit and he gives you 12 steps to overcoming this and 
12 steps to that. He does not believe that what Jesus did at Calvary is enough to solve your addiction problem, whether it be a drug addiction, alcohol addiction, pornography addiction, or whatever that addiction may be. He does not believe that what Jesus did at Calvary, if he believed it, he would preach it from behind the pulpit instead of giving you all these other things. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? Got to do something else. And there's only one thing that's needed. Believe God. Believe God. All right. Moses failed God and he sinned greatly. But water still came out of the rock. Look at it if you will. Numbers 20 verse 11. And water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank in their beast also. What was done was wrong, but God didn't let that hinder the water coming out. Why? Because this was a dire situation. Had the water not come out of that rock, people would have died. And God is gracious and God is merciful. And although what was done was wrong, he didn't let that stop the water from coming out and meeting the needs of all the people that were there that day. And again, that water was a type of the Holy Spirit. And today, if you and I do not seek the Lord and ask for Him to fill us up with His Spirit on a daily basis... We're going to spiritually dehydrate and we're not going to be what God wants us to be. And just as if God hadn't let that water come out and feed all those three million people that were there back in Moses' day, you and I wouldn't be here today. Jesus Christ would have never came and died on Calvary's cross for you and I. And if we do not drink of that fountain on a daily basis like we should then that's going to affect the salvation of others. Are you listening to me? Am I making any sense to you? It's time for the church to get on fire for God. It's time for the church to mean business with God and get full of His Spirit and take this gospel out to this lost and dying world. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the answer to the ills of mankind. If you're sitting here today and you're saved, you don't have a problem. You've got a solution. And this right here, this Bible that I hold in my hands, is the solution. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252 299 Four two three four. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com 
Click on the Donate tab. It's easy, and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And now we're having worship service inside the church every Sunday morning at 930. As well, we're also having Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are being broadcast to the parking lot for those who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.